And then we're going to look today at better than sacrifices. Deuteronomy chapter 11. This, this record here in Deuteronomy, we're not going to read the whole record, just a couple of verses, is, is a uh, kind of a template of, of, of the way that God approaches his people throughout the word many, many times. Um, and you'll see what I mean. Um, and in verse 1 of Deuteronomy 11, he goes, Therefore thou shalt love the Lord thy God, and keep his charge, and his statutes, and his judgments, and his commandments always. And, uh, let's see, down in verse 8, Therefore shall you keep all the commandments which I command you this day, that you may be strong and go in and possess the land, whither you go to possess it. And then, many times when God approaches his people, he tells them, look, if you, if you just do what I ask you to do, these blessings shall follow you. And then he'll, he'll let them know, well, and if you don't do what I ask you to do, this is what's going to happen. And that's what I mean by uh, template. A lot of times God will say, you know, here's my word, and, and he gives his word freely and openly, and he says, here you go, and just like he did to uh, Adam and Eve in the garden, here's my word, this is all you got to do, and you know, you can do whatever, just don't do this. Because when you do this, <coughs> that day you're going to die. Like, it's, it, he does that many times, and here's my word, you know, it, it reminds me a lot, lot of uh, the things we tell our children. It's no different. We say, here kids, this is what I want you to, like you to do. There you go, just do this. And if you do this, sometimes we don't always tell them when you do this, these blessings are going. Maybe we should, you know. God sure does, but we tell them, and they don't really have to know why we said it, you know, what the reasoning is. All they have to do, and that's what I love about obedience, is they just got to do it. It's a simpler part. They don't have to have the details of okay, well, why and what for and where. Just, just do this, and this will follow. And they don't have to know. Uh, maybe sometimes they don't realize it, the kids, that maybe 10 years down the road, the result of having done that regularly in their lives has resulted in this. You know, God sure, sure has that in mind when he's telling his people to do this and follow this. Um, in verse 26, behold, behold, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse. A blessing, if you obey, the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day, and a curse if you will not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside out of the way which I command you this day to go after other gods. And so for a lot of times, the other way is always related very much to idolatry. And we see that time and time again. You know, so this kind of template approach to his people, God uses a lot in the Word. You know, he just says, do this. And we're just going to look at one record today of, of an example of that. Um, we'll go to 1 Samuel chapter 15. It's a wonderful record. If you'll remember, a little bit of the history of Israel is that uh, this is after, just near the, just after the Judges period, just during the Judges period, 
because prior prior to this, there there had been no king in Israel. We know that, and God was their king, and God is the one that they looked to for deliverance and blessing, and the people got a little bit, I guess, jealous, envious, or whatever, afraid of of the fact that they didn't have a king and everybody else around them had a king. So they went to Samuel and said, look, we want a king. Everybody else has got one. I don't see why we don't have one. You know, we need a king. And he says, and they, Samuel said, okay, God is your king. You shouldn't have a king. And God tells Samuel, Samuel, don't worry about it. They don't reject you. They reject me by not wanting, by wanting a king. So tell them, give them a king and do what they're telling you, but tell them what the king is going to do to them. And so Samuel does that, and, you know, and Samuel, if you want to look at an example of a man who obeyed God, Samuel is a good example of a man who obeyed God. God tells him, do this. And that's the thing I love about obedience. is so simple. It is nothing more than, you know, some, somebody was praying today about that, just telling us what to do and that we'll just do what we're told to do. That's really what it is. You know, God says, do this, and you go, okay, and you go ahead and do this. You know, and that example, boy, lives like Moses. You know, how many times did God tell him do this, and he just goes, he just does it. Noah, and you'll if you if you look in the Bible at those words, and so did he. Right. You know, and so did he, and so did he. And God said this, and so did he, and God did this, and so did he. Just constantly, the lives of Noah and Moses and Samuel and these men that just did what God told them to do. I don't know if they knew the end result of what was going to happen. All they had to do was know that their God was telling them to do this and they would do it and the blessings would always follow. I don't know of a record where God tells them to do something and they followed him and they got destroyed because of it. <laughs> you know, First uh, Samuel chapter 15 Verse 1, Samuel also said unto Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint thee to be king over his people, over Israel. Now therefore hearken thou unto the voice of the words of the Lord. Here you go again. Here's an opportunity for Saul to do exactly what God would have him to do. Uh, verse 2, Thus saith the Lord of hosts. In other words, it's not me talking, Saul. It's God. I remember that which Amalek did to Israel, how he laid wait for him in the way when he came up from Egypt. You remember that, you know, they didn't really help Israel out. Uh, verse 3, Now go and smite Amalek, and utterly destroy all that they have, and spare them not, but slay both man and woman, infant and suckling, ox and sheep, camel and ass. Hmm. So very clear, you know, of every tree thou mayest freely eat, right. <laughs> right? but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. Right. Go and utterly destroy all that they have, spare nothing. Same, same word, same God, same source, every time. Verse 4, And Saul gathered the people together, and numbered them in Telaim, 200,000 footmen and 10,000 men of Judah. And Saul came to a city of Amalek and laid wait in the valley. And Saul said unto the Kenites, Go depart, get you down from among the Malachites, 
lest I destroy you with them, for you showed kindness to all the children of Israel when they came up out of Egypt. So the Kenites departed from among the Amalekites. Okay, I, I was thinking about the logistics of all this. How did this happen? How did they, you know, <laughs> the, are, the, are the Amalekites watching the Kenites pack yeah. their camels and Why donkeys and just leave? <laughs> you know, you kind of wonder. And it's just one verse, and they left. Okay. Doesn't happen. Doesn't happen that easy, does it? It was no. text. Text, yeah. Oh, <laughs> just texted yeah, all. Texted all of them. <laughs> Get yeah. out. Uh, you know, it doesn't happen that easily, right? No. So here they, the Kenites leave. The Amalekites are left. And Saul smote the Amalekites from Havilah until thou comest to shore, that is over against Egypt. And he took Agag, the king of the Amalekites, alive. Yeah. Already there seems to be a problem. Because yeah. if you go back to verse 3, what did it say? Utterly destroy all. Spare them not. Remember what, Dale, you were saying last week. Every, any, all, right? He said all, everything. You know. And yet here, he says he saves Agag, the king of the Amalekites, alive. You know, if you, if you don't do one part of what God asks us to do, have we been obedient to it? No. 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 That's the thing about, you know, God's word. It's very cut and dry. Obedience, I love obedience. It's very cut and dry. It's not like, you know, <laughs> well, in this case, maybe this, and then that, maybe, you know, what? no, do this. And then this will happen. God says, you want to get built up spiritually and edified in your life? Speak in tongues. That's it. It doesn't say... Wear orange shirts. <laughs> Pick on Dale all day. Speak in tongues. It just says, speak in tongues. If you got an orange shirt on or a black shirt, yeah, you guys are both kind of this system motif. You know, if you, you just says, speak in tongues. And you, you, you know what will happen if you speak in tongues? I, I'm going to guarantee this. You will get edified. <laughs> That's not my guarantee. That's what God's word says. You'll get edified. You'll get built up. You will get built up. Spiritually stronger. That's it. That's all I got to do. God says, uh, you know, God loves a cheerful giver. Giving and, giving and receiving. You give, you get blessed back. That's what it says. I don't have to know how it happens. D do I? No. No, so, so, you know, Samuel said, look, you deal with the Amalekites for whatever reason God had him to tell him that, to do it. That's all he had to do was just do this. Verse 8. He took Agag, the king of the Amalekites, alive and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep and of the oxen and of the fatlings and the lambs and all that was good and would not utterly destroy them but everything that was vile and well that they already destroyed the stuff they didn't like that they got rid of but the stuff they liked that was really really good they kept that alive you know you know this is not going to end well okay. you know you can read the way the record is going uh Verse 10, then came the word of the Lord unto Samuel, <laughs> saying, It repenteth me that I have set up Saul to be a king, 
for he has turned back from following me. You know, what it, was it hard for Saul to follow God? No, no, it would have been so, if he'd already destroyed all the others, it would have been easy to just follow through and carry through exactly what God asked him to do. You know, do we ever tell our kids to do something that we know they cannot do? No, that would be that would be making them frustrating them. You know, I wouldn't tell Liam to you know Liam, why don't you go over there and build a nuclear reactor? Because I'm tired of paying the hydro bills. So, Wait, we can do that. I don't know. <laughs> I saw this thing on YouTube. Never mind. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we don't frustrate the children. God doesn't frustrate us when He says, "This is what I want you to do." He knows we can do this. Can we speak in tongues? Can we give in tithing and do all? Can we do that? Can we be loving to people? Can we speak His word? Can we do all the things that God asks us to do? Yeah. Um, so verse 11, It repenteth me that I have set up Saul to be king, for he is turned back from following me, and hath not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel, and he cried unto the Lord all night. Wow. What a great heart the man had. You know. I mean, in his mind, he could have said, well, I told you so. No, he, he grieved for the man Sam, Saul all night. And when Saul Samuel rose early to meet mm. Saul in the morning, it was told Samuel, saying, Saul came to Carmel, and behold, he set him up a place, and he has gone about and passed on and gone down to Gilgal. And Samuel came to Saul, and Saul said unto him, Blessed be thou the Lord, I have performed the commandment of the Lord. Isn't this exciting? I did exactly what God told me to do. I've done it, man. Look. Look at me. <laughs> I love this answer. And Samuel said, Well, what meaneth then this bleeding of the sheep in mine ears? And the lowing of the oxen which I hear. So how come I can hear sheep and oxen when you just told me You've done everything that God asked you to do. What is this? What, about, what am I hearing? Am I hearing things? Am I old? Like, my hearing is gone now? I can't make out what's going on? And Saul said, They! <laughs> you know, this record is full of examples of what, what people do to get out of doing the will of God. You know, and I, and I, I read this record and I go, Do I do this? Do I say, well, I didn't do this, and this is why I didn't do this? Is that something that I do with the Word of God? Remember, God has all these things recorded for a reason. Um, and Saul said, I have, they have brought them from the Amalekites for the people. I had nothing to do with it. Ignore the fact that I'm in charge of all the people. Let's ignore that for a minute. The people spared the best of the sheep and of the oxen to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God. And Samuel, we know how much you love God, so we want to do it. They want to do it for you, Samuel, for you, because we know you love how much you love God. We, we saved them to sacrifice to the God that you serve. Um, and, but the rest, we definitely already destroyed those. I read this, and I, I know I, I, the kids ever said this to you? <laughs> I'm not going to pick up my kids, but, you know. Well, I, I couldn't do all of it. Why? Well, if I ask you to do it, then I know you can do all of it. 
You know, obedience is obedience. Obedience isn't just a little bit or part of it. Well, I was going to speak in tongues. Isn't that enough to get edified? No. No, it's not. The Word says you do this and you get edified. It doesn't say what you were thinking about it or you were going to get to it. You know. And here he says the people. So here he's blaming the people for sparing them. And then he, uh, let's keep reading here. Verse 16. Then Samuel said unto Saul, Stay, and I will tell thee what the Lord had said to me this night. Mm. So that night, that night when he's sitting up praying all night to God for this man, Saul, God is telling him, here's what you got to say. Here's what's going to happen, and here's what you got to do. And so he says, Saul, you want to hear what God said to me? Say on. Verse 17. And Samuel said, when thou were, wast little in thine own, uh, own sight, you know, maybe he didn't think much of himself, I don't know, whatever, when he was little in his own, he didn't have any authority or power, he was just one of the Israelites. He goes, Wast thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel? And the Lord anointed thee king over Israel. That was the best man that God had for the job, was, was this man which is a little frightening too, but he was the best man for the job. And he was anointed by God. Verse 18, And the Lord sent thee on a journey and said, Go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they be consumed. Wherefore then didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord, but didst fly upon the spoil and didst evil in the sight of the Lord? Samuel equates disobedience to evil. Hmm. Is that what it says? Yeah. He equates disobedience to evil. And Saul said unto Samuel, Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. I mean, interesting. I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. So his understanding of obedience is lacking here. I have, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord and have gone the way which the Lord sent me and have brought Agag, the king of Amal Amalek, and have destroyed the Amalekites. He doesn't even understand that it's disobedience. I've done that. Um, verse 21. But the people, those nasty Israelites, the people took of the spoil, sheep and oxen. But I couldn't speak in tongues because I'm just too tired and I, I've been working all day and I and I just, I'll get to it tomorrow. The chief of the king, things, of the things which should have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God in Gilgal. There it is. We did this. I disobeyed you, God, for a good reason. Do we ever do that to God? Mm. Do we ever come up with reasons as to why I can't do or why I shouldn't do or why I couldn't do? Or, you know, it's, it's a great record. The people took. And I love this response. You know, I, and Samuel said, Had the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord. What's better than sacrifices? Obeying the voice of the Lord. Just doing what God asks us to do. But don't you see? I read 
eight books of the Bible every week for you. You know, and I and I do this for you, and I witness to a hundred people a day, and and I do all these things. Isn't that what is better than all sacrifices and offerings? Just do what the Word of God says. What what God asks us to do. Just do. But I uh, but I run Sunday school, and I do this, and I do this. Don't you see how busy I am? God says, just obey. Just do what I ask you to do. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. You know, people can get caught up in doing so many things for the sake of God and the things of God and, and miss entirely what God wants them to do. Here's a great example. Well, we did this, and we did it for a reason, and they brought the best. And it wasn't the worst. It was the best of stuff to sacrifice unto you, God, to your God. Um, third 23, even more frightening verse. For rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. Hmm. Boy, God sure doesn't like disobedience, does he? You know, there's a lot, a lot of verses in the Bible that says that we ought to reverence God. We ought to reverence Him. And in that reverence, the more I understand that word reverence, there is an element of it that is like, oh my goodness, that's God. I better be. There's, it's not fear, scared fear, but it's an awesomeness. This is God Almighty. I, I want to love Him. I want to honor and reverence, not out of fear, out of love. But boy, it's because He's powerful. Right and um, he he doesn't like disobedience. I, do you like disobedience from your children? <laughs> no, no. We ask our children to do something, and they do it. It's such a blessing, you know. Everything's just wonderful. They get blessed. We get blessed. God says it's it, it, disobedience, sin is witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. I, I mean, it, it's shocking what God equates disobedience to. Idolatry. Why? Because you put something else before God. Yourself. Because I know better than what God tells me. Um, because thou hast rejected... <laughs> look how many... Look, I mean, because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord... Rejected the word of the Lord. Rebellion, witchcraft, stubbornness, idolatry. Wow. It's pretty shocking. He hath also rejected thee from being king. And Saul said unto Samuel, I have sinned. It's the first true thing he's said so far in his conversation. Uh, I have sinned. He recognized it. For I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and Thy words. Because I feared the people. Oh my gosh. You think he was kind of coming back a little bit. No, back on. But I, I rejected the word of the Lord for a good reason. I was afraid of the people. Now fear is a reason to reject the word of the God, word of the Lord. And I obeyed their voice. You know, wow. I didn't want to do speak the word to that person because... I know you told me to, but I didn't do it because I thought I would look foolish on other guys that were standing around me. You know, you know. I'm not saying that that's witchcraft or all. That's not what I'm saying here. All I'm saying is many times we 
and I, I do it. I'm, well, I mean, we, we come up with reasons as to why we couldn't do the word of the Lord. You know, I've seen people use biblical logic hmm. to get out of doing what the word of God says. God says, do this. And they go, well, I can't do this. And I'm not going to do this because the word says here that this will happen. And, and it's misapplied what that word is. Because God is never going to ask you to do something that goes contradictory to His Word. He's not going to ask you to do that. I remember the devil using biblical logic to justify the actions of Jesus Christ. Right? Believers do it as well. People can do that because we know the Word. And we can say, well, I know it says here, so this thing God's telling me to do doesn't line up with this, but that's completely applying that out of context as to what God is asking me in particular here to do. You know, a good example of that is, there's a lot of things in life that, you know, uh, that have to do with uh, planning for things. <coughs> you know, I, I hope I get this right, but you know, you know, when God asks us to do something, let's say He asks me to do something, I'm planning for a wedding or something, and then, uh, then we also make a, make a, make a, Provisions for a rain date. Let's say let's say it rains that day. What we're going to outdoor, let's say outdoor wedding and it's going to rain. So I make provision for a place where just in case it rains. Well, someone might come to and say, "Well, you're not trusting God, are you? Because you're you're, you're making a place for rain." <laughs> I think okay, okay. Let's let's think about that a little bit, okay? Uh, Jesus Christ said, "When a man builds a house, doesn't he sit down and count the cost?" Or, or he could say, well, I'm going to have enough money. I'll just trust God. And Jesus said, well, why would you, why would you buy the count of the cost? Or he says, when you have an army coming at you, don't you sit down and say, well, I got 5,000, they got 10,000. Maybe I want to go out and set an assembly of peace and try to work it out in a peaceful manner. Yeah. Isn't that what he said? So why don't you just trust God? 5,000 It says in the Old Testament, one man shall kill a thousand. You know... There's no biblical precedence to walking by the Spirit. There's not. God is on our side, but we need to obey. In that moment, we need to do what the Word of God tells us to do for that particular situation. And God works in us to will and do of His good pleasure. I can justify anything by reading the record, a record in a certain way. I can't ever... We should never try to justify disobedience to His Word. Never. When God says this, you do that. And that's the end of it. Um, okay. Verse 25. And there, now therefore I pray thee, pardon my sin and turn again with me. You know, he hasn't really admitted it because even the previous verse, he's trying to get out of it. That I may worship the Lord. And Samuel said unto Saul, I will not return with thee. For thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord hath rejected thee from being king over Israel. And as Samuel turned about to go away, he laid hold upon the skirt of his mantle, and it rent. And Samuel said unto him, The Lord hath rent the kingdom of Israel from thee this day, and given it to a neighbor of thine that is better than thee, thou. And also the strength of Israel will not lie nor repent. For he is not a man that he should repent. Sounds like Numbers 23, isn't it? Yep. The strength of Israel will not lie. God doesn't lie. He's not a man. You can almost see it like you are, so. <laughs> that he should repent. Then he said, I have sinned. 
Yet honor me now, I pray thee, before the elders. I don't want to look bad before the people. Honor me and before Israel, and turn again with me, that I may worship the Lord thy God. So Samuel turned again after Saul, and Saul worshipped the Lord. And that doesn't mean that he, 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 we're going to see in a second, that doesn't mean he agreed with what Saul was doing. Not at all. Then said Samuel, Bring ye hither to me Agag, the king of the Amalekites. And Agag came unto him delicately, almost see <laughs> him walking on tiptoes, <laughs> slowly walking into the room. And Agag said, Surely the bitterness of death is past. You know, we're done with all that. We don't need to go there anymore. It's finished. And Samuel said, This Samuel is a prophet. He also does priestly duties and things. Samuel is, you know, a wonderful man. And look what he does. As thy sword hath made women childless, so shall thy mother be childless among women. You think Saul has some backbone? Samuel has some backbone to do the will of the Lord? And Samuel hewed Agag in pieces before the Lord in Gilgal. This is the wonderful, lovely prophet. You know, do the will of the Lord. Do what the Word of God says to do. That's exactly what he did. Then Samuel went to Ramah. And Saul went up to his house, to Gibeah of Saul. And Samuel came no more to see Saul until the day of his death. Nevertheless, Samuel mourned for Saul, and the Lord repented that he had made Saul king over Israel. That's a wonderful record. To obey God, to do just what he asks us to do, is better than sacrifice. So... Uh, God bless you.